When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Crunch Gang? It is Ethan, a.k.a. Bro Apostle, just hanging out real quick. Just want to drop some knowledge on you. Um, towards the end of the episode, uh, me and Pat talk about something pretty big. We were going to talk about it at the beginning, but we got we got on a goof tangent and uh, didn't really talk about it in the beginning like we were intending to. So after the topic is over, and uh, it's about at the end, right around the 40-minute mark, I think, um, you should listen up until that point if you maybe turn off the episode when we start wrapping things up uh maybe listen to it this time um otherwise uh this is me putting the podcast together at 102 a.m i'm doing this for you because i love you and for no other reason all right here it goes <laughs> i don't yeah no i'm not checking twitter anymore i'm, I'm very focused on the podcast okay I'm very ready to go are i'm we, very focused are I'm we locked up. in this is the sound of me throwing my phone across the room. One second, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get sharp. Are you good? Yep, I'm good. All right, let's go. Welcome to The Crunch, episode 78. It is your boy, Ethan, a.k.a. Bro Postle. And I'm Patrick at Catholic Pat. Ethan, Cap- I love... What do you love? I love hearing the sound of your clap. Every- <laughs> do you really? Is it just something that you... The best part of waking up is uh, the clap? <laughs> it's Ethan's clap. Ethan's in clap your in, your, in your ears, in your podcast? Should I leave the clap in this week? The people got to know. I've got a nice thick clap. <laughs> like, no, this all jokes aside, people tell me all the time, Ethan, your claps are so loud. How do you get them like that? And it's just, I don't know. It's just a gift. You know, you know, it's like the people, first thing people notice about you. It's it the really first thing is. people say, like, what, 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 what is Ethan Stevie? And, you know, well, I mean, Ethan's got the clap. <laughs> it, it might also have something to do with the fact that I'm just constantly clapping wherever I'm going. In order to do the podcast, I have to tie my arms to the desk in order to not clap. <laughs> stop! Stop clapping. Currently, um, I'm I'm restrained right now. Yeah, but uh, my my high fives, not my high fives specifically, but my high fives with my friend Teresa. Shout out! Shout out, Teresa! Shout out, Teresa! We always we always have good high fives, and when good high fives, it never happens. We always have good high fives. Really? So, yep. do, you ever, do you ever have those high fives where like? I, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but I'm not very strong. Like, I'm not very big. and so I am very strong. Yeah, you are. So maybe you have the opposite experience. So sometimes I'll give my friends high fives, and my friends are, are men, and they've got these big, strong arms, and they <laughs> slap my hand, and it hurts really bad, but they they seem really excited about it, so I have to pretend to also be excited about the high five, when in reality, <laughs> it feels like my hand just fell off. So you got that little, little stingy, the stingies the in your palms, sting, your palms are turning like, red. It's like, 
yeah you know like it's yeah it's not good <laughs> just speaking of hands I, here's here's the secret here's the secret okay yeah it does hurt it does hurt me too but i am also pretending oh okay so everybody so every guy who does a high five is just pretending to not be in pain yeah because no nobody's hands are, i guess calluses make sense but like yeah. nobody's hands are 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 immune to the stingy everyone guess, gets stingy guess what i did with my hands last night though what this is not it's doesn't it's not it was just a lead-in it's not anything bad so we had a there was a focus greek night um and i went uh i'm not necessarily in a fraternity anymore but i, sh- I showed up and we all had a we had fire there's a fire pit and our team director alex says hey do you guys want to play with the hot coals and we were like uh no and he yeah. started and he started oh. doing it and it looked so much fun and so we said okay yes we're going to do this so we were all in a circle and we were tossing around this hot coal from like in between our legs off of our chests like behind the back but the thing is is that if you let it fly up in the air for too long then the oxygen makes it really hot so when it comes down it it starts to hurt um and there's this tiny little area of flesh on my pinky that got a little bit singed but it's on the inside of (laughs) it's on the inside of my pinky not on like the the palm the tip yeah not on the tip of the palm the palm of the it's like on the inside second knuckle of my pinky and i have no clue how the hot coals got there whoa that's a weird place to get it super weird place just there not like in between not even two fingies yeah not even anywhere else so yeah, just uh, just letting you know, kids. If you're out there and if you're playing with hot coals, you better you better guard those pinks, um, because who knows what's gonna happen? It's danger zone. Stay safe. Where where this is what everybody should do is they should wear fingerless gloves, not just to play with hot coals, but all the time. You always have to look like you're getting ready to play Donkey Kong for the world record. <laughs> you always have to look like you're trying to catch them all. Um, you always have to look like you're going to star in Fast and Furious Nine uh, by wearing fingerless gloves. I think that should be a fashion statement that comes back. You always, you always have to look like you're going to moonwalk backwards and open a ranch. You always have to look like you're. Um... Wait, was that a Michael Jackson thing? That was a Michael Jackson joke. Did he wear fingerless gloves, or did he just wear one a... glove on one hand? So the. He just wore one glove on one hand. Yeah. So what? What's the total amount of gloveage? Is the question then? Like, is two is two fingerless? I think gloves... it's about the same as two fingerless. Yeah, is two fingerless gloves equivalent to one glove on one hand? It depends on how far up the arm it goes. Is it one of those long gloves that That's you a good point. that you throw down to challenge the honor for like a woman if you're entering battle? This is what we need. Here's the here's the key of the issue. Here's the crux, right? Is if you if we start wearing gloves again, we can start challenging for women's honor and their hand in marriage mm-hmm. yeah are you don't sound thrilled i'm i want to do this okay what continue well, well no we, I, I don't really know what more there is to say it's so if you get into some type of social skirmish with another man and it seems to be that you're both uh fighting for for the same woman what you do is you square up you meet him in the courtyard and you take off your glove, gotcha. and it goes all the way to your, your bow. It goes all the way down to the elbow. So you slowly take it mm-hmm. off. You look him straight in the eye, and then you throw it to the <laughs> ground, right? And this is a heavy glove, right? You throw it to the ground. It goes, 
and you say it makes a little crater in the ground and you say it is on like donkey kong and then you pull on your fingerless glove and then you guys play donkey kong <laughs> <laughs> and whoever wins <laughs> gets to uh gets to marry the woman you know that's i think that's how they do it in some uh in some tribal nations yeah that's how like, they do it like arkansas welcome to the crunch episode did you not like my arkansas diss did you not like my diss on anyway is arkansas like the go-to anti-kansas is that like florida's georgia or ohio's everywhere uh yes yes i think so okay because they want to be because you guys we they literally it's in the name they try to say we are kansas but you're not you're not arkansas step up or back off you know what i mean step up or run up I knew the Arkansas our Kansas joke was coming and I didn't stop it and I'm sorry. You had to you, you set it up. Um <laughs> So yeah, welcome to the crunch. Speaking of uh challenging uh for uh women's uh uh there's a there's a connection here, Patrick. I need you to make it. There is a connection. There is a connection. Hey, Ethan, What's you up? ever watch a Disney movie? Yeah, dude. Every single day. Johnny Tsunami, that's my boy. All right. I guess a Disney Channel original movie counts. <laughs> are you or are you talking about like a more mainstream Disney? I was talking like you talking like these collection. Are you talking about like Cool Runnings? <laughs> this is the second time we talked about Cool Runnings on the podcast. Am I not helping? Is this not helping? I'm trying to think of other Disney films. <laughs> you're like you're like, "Hey Patrick, try and make the connection to the topic." And I'm like, "Doing my best." The parent And track. you're like, "Hey Patrick. Hey Patrick, 90s Disney movies. Hey, remember, remember those?" Do you remember the animated sure. hit Disney film The Black Cauldron? I'm sure that's that's a good tie-in. That's a good time. Hey, hey, do you remember the hit Disney Channel original movie from 2013, Geek Charming? Because that's the best one. Wait, I've never heard of that. Did you just do a Wikipedia search? No, I didn't. You just I'm pretty that? sure it was 2013. Let's see if it was 2013. We're I not guessed. doing this. We're not doing this. <laughs> Too late. Ah, uh, 2011. I was so close. That was good. That was good. It was a good guess. You that's got the right good. century, so... <laughs> That's true. So yeah, um, Disney movie. I was talking to I was talking to a friend about Disney movie stereotypes, but mostly like the fairy tale stereotype of the uh, the 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 princess locked in a tower and 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 the shi- knight in shining armor gallops up and so like like princess let down your hair and then he like climbs up and he saves her from the tower or whatever. Um, um Patrick, and I was like Patrick. I don't think Shrek is a Disney movie. Yeah, you just described a DreamWorks film. But then I referenced Rapunzel, which was a Disney movie. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear that. I was th- I was just thinking Night and Shining yeah, 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 yeah. Tower. Yeah, anyway. that's true. That is a dream. But no, okay. So it's not Shrek, but Shrek Two. You oh, know what I'm saying? Where like okay. where literally Prince Charming goes and yeah. expects to see this beautiful woman, right? Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's just the wolf, which is classic. Um, spoiler alert: it's just the wolf. But yeah, when I asked her, I was like, hey, Teresa, shout out Teresa again. I was like, is this is this trope offensive to you at all? Like, is because like it kind of implies that women are locked in a tower sitting around waiting for a man to like liberate them from the tower, you know? And I was like, hey, so like, is that offensive? And she was like, yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) And uh, I mean, I guess we can't talk about like gender stereotypes from a female perspective. But I mean, I also kind of found that. I also kind of find it a little awkward because it's like it kind of puts all of the all of the responsibility on one person, you know, because like uh-huh. the princess is just chilling in a tower and like you got to like fight a dragon and then climb up the tower to the highest room in the tallest like, tower. Hey. 
the highest room in the tallest tower. My bad. Don't think that that's accurate to like what actual relationships are like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I get I understand what you're talking about. Good, but I I don't necessarily know like. I mean, I don't think that – I mean, we've talked about this before in, like, our very first episode as far as – and maybe in another episode too, but, like, uh, about how men have to be initiators and women have to be receptors, receiving, uh, like, this this sort of thing. Um, and I do think that goes beyond the whole, like – oh, this is the problem with, like, the, the book uh, Wild at Heart by – what's his name? Oh, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Do yes. you know what book I'm talking Wild about? And it's like at the very yes, first chapter, it's like it, <laughs> every man wants to save his princess. And it's like, is that true? Sometimes I just want to like go and get a burrito with a girl. Like I don't necessarily <laughs> – I don't necessarily need to bring the burrito up a mountain and then drop it off with a Tibetan monk who will take it the rest of the way. Like <laughs> not not everything has to be you know, this great conquest, I guess. Because – because that's not the society that we live in, and that's yeah. not how I, I, to my understanding, that's not like the church's teaching on how men and women should interact with each other. You know, it's it's much more of a give and take rather than a go and climb and then take. Yeah, because I mean, we we talked about this on. You're right. We I did talk about this on a previous podcast where we were like, oh yeah, like men have to be initiative and women have to be receptive. But I've been reading the theology of the body. Who wrote that? Which we all know and love. Uh, John Paul, the, Johannes Paulus II. Uh, I think um, you mean... Known as JP2. Karl Wojtyla. Karl, that was very rude. Karl Wojtyla. That's his name. <laughs> I, that's, no, my, that's my Karl best... Karl That's my best Polish accent. <laughs> John Paul II's voice is awesome. You should put a clip of John Paul II's voice right here. Just in the podcast. Um, <laughs> so John Paul II in the theology of the body, when he when he refers to like the beginning of of mankind, uh-huh. and um, he says that that God and Eve give Eve to Adam simultaneously. Yes, and Adam receives that gift. Well, so like when I heard that, I was like, okay, um, this kind of contradicts what I said on the podcast. So I went up to my professor and I was like, Hey professor, I have this podcast. Um, I have this podcast now. So I talked <laughs> to him. He was like, he was like, no, that what? And then I, then I told him what I said and he was like, yeah, that is technically correct. And I was like, well, doctor, um, this seems like a paradox. And he was like, well, here's the thing. Woman is a gift to man. Right. Mm-hmm. And like man has to respond to that gift positively. So in that response, he is being active, but the giving and receiving is simultaneous. Uh-huh. John Paul II says that like the 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 datum and the donum, the gift and the giving, are simultaneous. They they interpenetrate each other, and so like, um, man is receptive of the gift. He has to ensure, quote unquote, ensure the mutual reci- reciprocity of the gift. That's uh-huh. what John Paul II says. So, in simple terms. Man has to make sure that he gives himself in the same way that woman is allowing herself to be given. So it's like you have to equal the gift being given. So in like a non-marital sense, if 
you know, like a girl is like willing to give you the time to go out and get pizza, you should put in the time to get ready for that date and pick her up on time and drop her off on time and not be a slob. So there's a, there's the practical. So like that, that, um, in my never ending quest to find out the difference between men and women, that really didn't help because it seems like activity and <laughs> reciprocity belong to That's such a specific both. quest. <laughs> It's a very important quest, though, Ethan. It is. Do you agree? No, I agree, definitely. <laughs> um, but I do think that there is some... In everything that you're talking about, the only thing I could think of... Well, not the only thing. I was thinking about other stuff, too. Because you talked about pizza, and I started thinking about pizza. But uh, <laughs> what I'm thinking is that men, I think, are really, 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 really bad at receiving... Yes. And that's something that is cultural um, and not something that is inherent to man. Clearly, because Adam received woman, right? Um, and mm-hmm. that, so, like, it's not something about men that is just, oh, they're, they're just worse at this because the way that it is. No, I think it's because we've been indoctrinated by people telling us, oh, you have to, you have to save the princess and you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to do this. So that when the time comes for us to receive in whatever way that may be, whether it's from a woman or from just another guy, um, obviously in a non-romantic way, then we just freeze up and we just don't know what to do. And so we compensate with this lack of being able to receive by going into overdrive on the the other way. And that's what results in men like using women emotionally and using women physically because they don't know how to receive anything. And so they aren't being filled. And so they feel the need to take more from the other in a way that hurts rather than in a way that is receptive and is good for both parties. Yeah. Which I think is bad. That's absolutely true. And I don't know. Yes. Uh, like, absolutely. so what do we, so what do we, so then the question is, right? So this is great. JP2 wrote about this and we understand this. And we know this concept. So how do we start talking to men about being better at receiving? And well, the, and then the question is, so you and I are dudes, right? We're both boys. Um, yeah, we're both men. We're both, uh, we're both boys. And, um, <laughs> uh, so then, and you said it yourself at the very beginning, like we don't, we don't really necessarily have like a female perspective. Um, so like, it's, it's hard to say, to say as a man to a woman, like I need you to give more so that I can receive better. Uh, like, I don't think you can do that on a large scale thing that just kind of has to happen in the personal relationships, but maybe it can happen on the big scale. And this is the podcast that starts it. We're starting a revolution. It's called women. Give us more. Wait, <laughs> Wait, we need to work on the marketing for that. We'll I don't like please, that. please hold. Revolution. Please hold. We'll come back. We'll come back to it. <laughs> please hold for name of revolution. Name of revolution loading. <laughs> what do you think? I, I think I think you're on to something. I'm trying I think to that be. the uh, the point. I know I know you said you didn't want to talk about this, but I just can't help but talk about it. We need to stop talking about men and women as like we need to stop talking about men and women separately. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they're not two separate species. They're, we all have human nature with a male or female expression of that nature and then an individual expression of that nature. So you have to understand the different expressions of human nature 
are either masculine or feminine. And then there's like a bajillion different individual expressions of those natures. But we have to adjust our definitions of those to match the, to allow for the fact that there's individual expressions because people will say stuff like the difference between men and women is men have waffle brains and girls have spaghetti brains and guys like to compartmentalize things and girls like to think of everything all at once. No, and that's, I'm like, see, that's right. dumb because the only real difference between men and women is that men are from Mars and women are from Venus. <laughs> that's the Classic. only, yeah, that's the only major thing you ever hear of storks don't exist. There's, there are drones that are picking you up from your planet it's and bringing just... you to your home. They're Jeff inter- Bezos invented the baby. Jeff Bezos invented the interplanetary <laughs> stork so that men and women could come to Earth and buy more things from Amazon. Anyway. Stork is actually an acronym for stormtroopers of... R- Dang it, I was so close. Rotterdam. Uh, <laughs> kindergarten. Kant. Kindergarten. Kant. <laughs> we both went German. <laughs> nice. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah, so there, there's all these like there's all these like these pop these pop definitions of masculinity and femininity, which are kind of like sociological definitions, right? They're like we did a social experiment <laughs> where we mapped a baby's brain when their dad comes in versus when their mom comes in, and it's like, all right, that's awesome, but that's a thousand different individual expressions of masculinity and femininity that don't necessarily hold a universal truth, and you can test every single person. I guarantee you their reactions to their parents are different because everyone has had a different experience. So you have to like, we have to go down to the very basic level, and I think that's why John Paul II starts his theology of the body in Eden because that's when we were made man and woman. And um, there's a philosopher, another German philosopher named Edith Stein, who I've been reading recently. Stein. Also known as Stein. (laughs) Also known as St. Teresa (laughs) Benedict. You really just emphasize that. It's S-T-E-I-N, but Stein. (laughs) Stein. Edith Stein. That's just how you say it, Ethan. I know, but... I'm being culturally sensitive, okay? (laughs) I know, but the way that you say it is funny. Have you seen Have you seen that that college humor video over um oh, over you mean, emphasizing you mean back in two thousand and seven? No, I didn't. I'm logging off of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a college humor video where it was over pronouncing foreign words, and um he, the guy's like, "Yes, I'll have the rigatoni," and he's like, "Wow, you're being very offensive right now." He's like, "Is it offensive to pronounce Stein in a it like that?" No, it's not. That's how you pronounce it. Oh. Well, if only she was around to tell you know, say us. Like, oh, Edith Stein. Edith Edith Stein. Yeah, that just doesn't that just doesn't flow off the tongue as much as Edith Stein. No, I, it sounds like you're the, adding the in th an goes right into the Edith Stein. <laughs> Edith Stein. Maybe listen. My, maybe my tongue is just fat and too big to make these words good. But <laughs> this is what I'm thinking: is that every every um, saint and or Catholic writer needs to have a phonetic pronunciation of their name. In the front of the book, or else we're just going to be pronouncing things wrong. Like my 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 professor, my professor had to put a phonetic spelling of his name on the syllabus because his name is pronounced Michael Waldstein. Oh, that's a good one. My and it's spelled like Michael Waldstein. Like people say it like that. It's like no, no, no. It's Michael Waldstein. (laughs) Michael Waldstein. Has anybody seen Michael? I am Michael Waldstein. (laughs) I'm really killing. Pronounced Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. 
sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. My pastor, uh, Father Gail. Nobody likes my Nettles Brooks. Uh, it, was, it was good. Um, he, he's been pronouncing up until about two weeks ago um, Thomas Aquinas, Thomas Aquinas. Yes. And you'd think, oh my gosh, so many people do that. I don't understand how people can get the I mixed up with an AE. Aquinas. Aquinas. That's anyway, weird. we are Aquinas off. Is showing. We're off track. Tell me about Take a shot every time I'm about to make a point and then Ethan interrupts <laughs> me to make fun of me. <laughs> it's not making fun. It's just like Stein. <laughs> this is funny. Um, so anyway, Edith, last name redacted, otherwise known as St. Bened- <laughs> Teresa Benedict of the Cross. <laughs> I just choked on my sip of coffee. Thanks. You're um, welcome. That was good. She was uh, she was a. Uh, she was a German philosopher in between the two world wars. She joined the Carmelites, converted from Judaism. Anyway, she wrote a letter to women on um, the different vocations of men and women. I have been looking for a work like this for the last year, trying to like actually define on ph- philosophical or theological terms what the difference is between men and women spiritually. And so she defines she defines the the human vocation as threefold. So in the garden. Man is called to image God, number one, to two, um, be the, to have lordship over creation, and three, to uh, generate children, right? And so these, the first one belongs to both man and woman. The second belongs primarily to man, and the third belongs primarily to woman, but they both share in all three. So, like, there, there's, there's complete harmony, right? Like, this is not, but then after the fall, compartmentalization happens. And man takes it upon himself to be the sole Lord of creation and then leaves woman to generate offspring on her own, which is where you get, which is why you get like polygamy essentially, because it's like, well, that's just woman's job. She just generates children. Man, man in his fallen state separates further and further from woman, gives her more and more of the work and leaves his part of the job out of it, except for the fun part. So it's like, um, instead of, instead of like two complementary puzzle pieces, you have just two squares that go together because they're squares, but like they have really, that's all they have in common. People always told me that I was a square. Yeah, that was me last week. Dang. So I guess it all makes sense, huh? It all makes sense now. Yeah. Um, so that, this is good, Pat, but I got to bring you down. I got to bring you down to, to practical, practical world. 
um, what do we do? That's with, okay. I like I like practical world. What do we do with this information? Okay, I'm so, glad you asked that. So Ethan. I mean, uh, I don't know all the answers. What, what what we could say is we need to stop splitting up men and women at conferences to have men and women's talks. Like that is a easy go to. But as far as like in our daily lives, how do I turn? How do I how do I stop being a square? This applies. This is just general advice. How do I stop being a square? Um, and then turn. How do I turn? In, how do I turn into a puzzle piece? I think that um, the body represents the spirit. So, like, if you discipline the body, your spirit becomes disciplined as well, right? So, like, if we were made man and woman to have these these threefold vocations, right? Then, like, we need to grow in our spiritual understanding of these vocations not just our physical understanding because lordship over quote unquote creation would be of your house, which you and I can't do because we're not parents yet. Um, generating children would be the bodily equivalent for a woman would be like only in the context of marriage. So like we aren't married, so we can't fulfill those vocations. True. Um, but we can prepare ourselves for vocations like that. And so I, I would suggest two things to each of us right. would be to grow in one, your the spirituality of your vocation so for us men it would be lordship over creation which first we need to make sure we can rule ourselves and our own virtues i gotta start hunting gotta start hunting no. deer lordship <laughs> my creation Veal. that's exactly that's exactly my point is like that's what's that's what's highlighted in men's talk is like yeah bear. like manly bear. let's all start grunting and it's like no 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 what's man what's masculine is to be the ruler of to like to have some sort of like um kingship right but you can't have any kingship over you can't have kingship over a family if you can't have kingship over yourself first. You need to learn how to rule your body and your passions mm-hmm. and learn how to rule certain things about your spirit before you can start ruling a family or even hope to. And so you go into like spiritual discipline, increasing in prayer, all that stuff. Uh-huh. And then two, grow in understanding of the other's vocation, right? right? So like and your role in that vocation. So like um for for women like spiritual generation as opposed to physical generation, building up the kingdom of God, evangelizing. You have a role in that too, Ethan, obviously. I do. Because, yeah, because all three vocations belong to humanity, right? But like man primarily is one and woman is primarily the other, but both have the secondary vocation. So um, you need to practice like your role in being a spiritual father to people by being a spiritual brother to people right now. And then woman you need to practice your maternity by being a spiritual sister to people right now and walking with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then secondarily, you also have to rule over your own body and make sure that like, and rule over your own spirit in preparation for the family that you will help rule one day. Because when men and women are joined or a priest to the church or a a woman to to the body of Christ in religious vocation, that's when their vocations come together and they're able to share in the other vocation and Eden, what was in harmony in Eden, is restored. So I'm thinking about uh, we have a men's group every uh, Tuesday morning. And this past week, the talk was about how um, it was referencing the the passage where David is talking to Solomon. Um, and he says, take courage and be a man or take courage and something like that is take courage to be a man was the whole thing and it was all about how in order to lead others 
as a man, because that's one of the things that we get placed on us, like the whole Lord of creation, like being spiritual father and all this, like leadership, do it. All of it is that. um, But we have to remember that in order to lead, we have to first be followers of Christ. And so the whole idea is you have to follow Christ in your own personal life before you can lead. And I think a lot of guys put the cart before the horse and say, well, I'm going to be a leader without ever making the steps to actually become a disciple. And so, but that, and that's so humbling. And that's just something that I think a lot of men miss. And even in like all these men's talks and all this that are just so good, we just hear like, take charge, be a man, ask a girl out. But how often do we see (laughs) y'all got to sit down and be a disciple? You know what I mean? You got to slow down. You might not be able to lead anybody or ask anybody out until you do this. Believe it or not. (laughs) That's a good point. Um, I, I another, don't know another ask. I don't know what the equivalent for women is because from my understanding a lot of women's talks and women's concepts about this are yeah you just have to like you just got to follow your husband and be submissive to your husband and all this stuff but like if you're just a single chick and you're hanging out uh, I don't really know what to tell you as far as this concept goes like Patrick you touched on it with like the whole spiritual sisterhood thing and I think that's good but from at least for me and for what I, from what I've heard, it's easier to put into practice for a man. It's like, okay, you have to be a follower to become a leader. That makes sense. But for women, it's like you just have to be a better follower in order to be a follower. Like where – how do we talk about leadership in terms of – because I think women can be phenomenal leaders, but I don't think they're ever challenged to do so because it's always this other idea of, um, you know, being a, being a good Catholic wife or whatever the heck uh, they talk about in women's talks. Again, I don't really know because I don't go you know, this is just what I've heard. Please I mean, don't please don't write in. This is just what I've heard. <laughs> leadership is not like a a sexual virtue. You know, it's not like a virtue that's regarded in like only man and not in women, right? So it's like it's a virtue that can be shared in because like I said, women have primarily the vocation of spiritual generation because I mean, their bodies do most of the work, right? In terms of bringing kids into the world. True. But they also have this capability of being a leader over whatever they're given leadership over. But like in a social sense, that's not necessarily like the, the, uh, that, that doesn't necessarily have the transcendental, transcendental equivalent that a family would. So I want to put that caveat there. It's like, this is not saying that women are just naturally bad leaders. That's not that's, that at all. Yeah. No, 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 not at all. Please. And yeah, again, it's also not, we saying, love women. <laughs> please, please don't write in. <laughs> We're just confused. <laughs> I, think, I think that, I think that the other thing, that the other distinction that, that I've heard made is that um, men, yeah. uh, when it is said that you are the head of the household, that's when um, that's that's the head of your household, um, not the head of every woman. That's a good important point to make yeah. is that when the Bible says your desire will be for man and he will lord it over you, that does not mean that every woman's desire for is for you and you should lord it over them. Dang. This is also a good distinction. I've been make. I've been doing um, it wrong, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as the as Edith as Edith last name redacted said, <laughs> it's um the a, a good leader will delegate leadership to people that make up for flaws in himself or have strengths that he does not have. So, if a man is bad at money management and his wife is a professional accountant leader would hand that duty off to his wife as his co-leader in the garden of Eden that they've created in their family. Or if 
he can't drive one of the kids to soccer practice and neither can his wife, but one of his kids has a driver's license. He also hands that leadership role off to his son is like, which is something that you see in scripture of like the leader handing off to the son. So leadership is not something that's meant to be lorded over everyone. Like the consequence of the fall is something that is negative. You should not lord someone's subjugation over you because if, because as Christ said, like whoever wishes to be first among you will be the servant of all. So like, if you are the leader, you are meant to be the servant. So I guess we still haven't answered the question about women. Yes. Um, I would say for women, it's important to learn not to lord sexuality over men. Um, I also heard it said, <clears throat> this is crazy. I read all this today. There was a man who becomes a slave to, um, so man, man's in man's lordship over woman, he makes her a slave. But then if he becomes a slave to his passion, he has made a slave for the slave he has created. And so like there, there is still a dichotomy here where men and women are pitted against each other. Yes. Both trying to subject the other to themselves because wow. they find that easier than coming working together to, because they're together. scared of being hurt. No, that's so true. Yeah. If only we just work together instead of trying to, I don't know what it is we do, but it's not good. I think, I think men and women actually hate each other. Like, I think we should just stop kidding ourselves and just point that out openly that men and women hate each other. That is not true, I was, Patrick. I love no. women except for you, Rebecca. <laughs> Don't like you at all. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't. I um, know. I don't know. I was, on, named Rebecca. I was on Facebook. Go ahead. I was on Facebook the other day, which is a horrible place to be. And someone was there was a there was a feminist for life group that spoke at Franciscan. Uh-huh. And someone posted a quote they heard at that um, at that event that was like, we like men, but like we only need them for babies. And I was like, huh, mm. I am grossly offended by that. Yeah, you should And be. to be fair, like. To be fair, at least like there aren't you know systems that that propagate that notion. Like in you my could everyday say the life, same thing I only have to- as a dude. I could be like, yeah, I like women, but I only need them for babies. Like, uh, it just it's- or you could say I only need them for sex, which is much more, which is much more common, and people actually say that. Yeah, to be exactly. Fair. So it's like it goes both ways. So there, there's these two. Yes, exactly. It's two way street, of course. For this this masculine idea of of women being only tools is utilized for like sexual pleasure is much more prominent. But I would say that like kind of like an insidious reaction against that would be like, it's, it's the, it's the reaction of men use, men use love to get sex and, and women use sex to get love. And it's just this, this mutual use that does not lead to love. It leads to a hatred of love. In fact, which is like a cardinal sin, um, a hatred of a good thing is sloth. And so, we, I, I commented on the post. I was like, we just need to admit that we hate each other, and we wish that men, that women wish that men were women, and men wish that women were men, because we're tired of trying to figure out how to understand each other. Um, and I think that that's that's why men and women need to be talked about as different, but in the same context. Because whenever I ask, whenever I ask, like at men's talks, like, hey, can you like define what it means to be a man? They're like, well, you know, it's like like chastity. And like praying a lot and like yeah. being really humble. And I'm like, those are all virtues that women have too. What is the difference? And I think it's, I think it's, this is the difference is that the different ways that we share in the threefold vocation of humanity and the ways that we share in our imaging of God, who is Father, Son, and Spirit. I'm fired up. Are you good? Nope. I'm sad. Oh. I'm angry at some things. Well, let me tell you this. So last night I was yes. driving to Old Chicago. And I had seven girls in my car. 
It was just were they all wearing seat belts? They were. I yelled at my friend Rachel because she wouldn't get buckled in the back seat, and then she double buckled. Rachel, wear your seat Rachel, belt. Wear your seat oh belt. Oh my gosh! And then she said, "Thanks, Dad." And I said, "I'm not your dad. I'm just looking out for you." Anyway, we were all driving to, to the OC, nice. and um, somewhere <laughs> along the line, somebody started singing Hannah Montana, and for the rest of the drive, guess what we were doing? Singing Hannah Montana. You are so correct, Patrick. And oh, yes. this, so this is this is exactly what we're talking about. It's not that I hate women. It's just that in that moment, I wish all of them were dudes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I cannot get down to some, um, you know, best of both worlds, you know, jams. What was the other one? We were singing one of them. I can't remember what it was. Um, it's uh nobody's perfect probably no, no, that's no. like the one that well no it says. wasn't nobody's perfect it was the one if if we were a movie you'd be the right guy you know that song i'd be the best yeah friend. we were singing that one not we they were singing the reason why one. i love when you sing i love when you say oh no it was we you were singing too don't lie dang it um <laughs> i love when we sing on the podcast because people that are listening to this at two times the speed or one and a half the speed get to hear that song sung poorly at one and a half speed. It always sounds great. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a good experience. So what I'm saying is, is that if you're ever driving a bunch of girls to Old Chicago, feel free to just stop over on the side of the road and kick them out, and then continue on the rest of your way, listening to <laughs> listening to um, who's the band that I'm thinking of? Dang it, I ruined the goof. Jonas Brothers. Jonas Brothers. Danger Zone. <laughs> Who did that? Who did who did Highway Danger Zone was Kenny Loggins. That's who I was looking for. I just wanted to say Kenny Loggins, but I couldn't think of the name. Anyway, Kenny Loggins. This has been the Crunch. Thank more you like for listening. Kenny, more like more like Kenny Log Off. Whoa. I'm just gonna let that Are one you still there. I'm just gonna let that one sit for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pat, this was good. I think people are gonna maybe start to think about women better. And also men better. I, here's the thing is I'm worried about this because we talked a lot about the dude perspective, but I think that the the demographics of our cast is about 95% ladies. So, Oh, you're right. You're right. So we're got, I think somebody's going to write in and say, hey, this was great, but you're wrong about this and this and also this. Okay, here's what we and do. The, those, we emails, do. those emails can go straight to Patrick at thecrunchcast.com, folks. I will field them. I will field them. Yeah. I have a request because you make such a good point about how we have brought only the male perspective, we should bring on a female perspective to the podcast next week. Okay. I want I want to get Julie on the podcast finally. Oh yeah. I'll uh you should uh you should send her an email. All right. I'll remember to do that or she'll listen to the show. Um, or probably the first one, maybe. Probably the first one. I don't want to bank on her listening to the show. Patrick, tell All right. people where they can find us. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Catholic Pat or Ethan on Twitter at BroPostle. We are both on Instagram at Patrick Nevy, III, or at Ethan Stevie. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the crunch or www.thecrunchcast.com. Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the crunch. Um, monthly mailbag. Should we, should we, should we plug the, uh, monthly mailbag? Should we, monthly, monthly should we mailbag? plug you coming to Steubenville? Yeah, we should. Uh, I'm oh, coming to if, do, monthly mailbag. If you have a question, feel free to call in seven eight five two five one three nine eight nine. If we put it at the end of the show, nobody's going to listen to it. Maybe this is just a that's true. For for those of you that are still here, uh, I'm going to Steubenville. 
uh, over spring break, March 20th through the 23rd, to do a live podcast with Patrick. This is really like a low-key announcement, but it's actually kind of a big deal. We should probably make a bigger deal out of it at some point. Yeah, I need to actually like book the room we're going to have it in. I'm probably I'm thinking like if I can't get the big room and get a big crowd, we'll just do it in a smaller room with a smaller crowd. So and it no feels like music. a really big crowd. Yeah, so I was thinking of what we, I think I was thinking what we're going to do is we're going to have you and me do a live show and uh-huh. it's going to be really fun and then we're going to have my friend Matt come and play some music and like we'll close it out with like a live performance and we'll have like snacks and hors d'oeuvres and drinks. Snacks? Dang. Yeah, what dude. should we we should have like some kind of fun like goofs and giggles that we do. I was thinking we have I was thinking we have um an actual male person like male male Oh, somebody to like man. actually bring in <laughs> an actual mailman, Ashton Kutcher bringing us mail. No, I was I was thinking it was going to be my friend Teresa who's called oh. into the show a lot. Well, that'd be good too. Cuz she she's really she's really funny and she's well liked at Franciscan. And so I'll get her like a post office outfit and a bag and a hat. And she'll come on like with like a mustache on. Amazing. And I'm, like I'm we'll have her mic'd. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Oh gosh, we just this need is to, so exciting. We need to put all of this. I might just like put a thing at the beginning of the episode and be like, "Hey, by the way, forgot to talk about this." Yeah. Um. No, you should put you should put a should put something at the beginning of the episode saying, "Hey, like stay till the end because we talked about something important after we made the announcement, so don't go away." You should do that. Okay. Do you think people will do that, or do you think what if I just did? Whatever. We'll figure it out. Anyway, Crunch of the Week comes from Ben Don 27 He says, Great Young Adults Podcast. Great Young Adults Podcast for Catholics. Hilarious and great content. Best thing they ever did was introduce me to Zach Mabry, who's my new favorite podcaster. Listen to Roman Circus. Five stars. Um, <laughs> so we got five stars for introducing you to a better podcast. Thanks. You know what? That's, a, that's good. I'll take it, dude. It buffs. I'll take it. Um, Pat, you got anything else? This is good. I need you to, I need you to take all of that, that gender energy that you've got, that genergy, and that I need, energy. and I need you to channel it and just write a, a talk and then go on a Steubenville conference and then give it to all the people. And then at the very end say, now, ladies and gentlemen, from my friend, Ethan, and I come out on stage and I say, Hey there kids. And I squirt some water out of this flower on my, on my <laughs> lapel. And they all say, wow, Ethan's so much better than Patrick. He's so funny. He doesn't make us think or challenge us in any way. And um, now comes my friend, Butthole the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was my horn noise from my tiny car that I will drive up and then get out of. All right. That's the show. Thanks. Uh, good stuff. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you. And we will see you on the Twitters. <laughs> <laughs>